0: well, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? <laughs> Today's theme is, is Christianity too narrow? Another way of, of dealing with that is to ask the question, I, don't I get to choose my own religion? Is this another thing in my life by which I don't get to decide? Human beings have an insatiable need for freedom. It, it, it's one of the great words, isn't it, freedom? Freedom. Uh, We we want freedom from tyrannical ruling. We want freedom economically. We built the thrust of our whole nation around this nebulous term, freedom, and to be free. Then along comes a religion or two, and they say, no, it's only this way. Is it or is it not? Well, uh, just before I launch in, and because she won't be here the second hour, I celebrate with great joy today my 40th anniversary to my beloved Marie. She's the one that you saw walk out and come back in with this, which you thought was a dunce cap for her husband. (laughs) Uh, But in reality, it's it's a part of the sermon. Honey, I love you, and as we've said all weekend, this is not going to be our most romantic anniversary, but it's probably our dearest. Hoo-hoo, so. that was fun. <laughs> All right, I remember being a little boy, and uh, we had a 16-foot out- outboard motor boat. My dad uh, put it in at Burns Harbor, down around the bottom of the lake. And uh, we would go out on weekends, go through the harbor out into the big lake if it wasn't too rough. And if it was rough, we'd stay near the shore, and then we'd play at Indiana Dunes all day. Well, once and maybe twice, I don't know how many times it happened, but it certainly has scorched my memory, is uh, it would be getting dark, and my mom would keep saying, you have to go back, Jim. We've got to get the boat and get back. Well, my dad was either working on the boat We're having fun playing with us kids. And once or twice, it was nearly dark before we got in the boat on the big lake and motored our way back toward Burns Harbor. On one special occasion, might have been two, the waves were over the top of our boat as we were heading back. My mother told my brother and I to get up underneath the front of the boat where we could be protected with our great big orange lifesavers on. And the boat would pound on those things. And I remember kind of laying there. It's dark outside. And my dad and my mom were looking for a beacon light because there was only one way to get off the big lake as it roared, and that was that we would find that narrow one way to Freedom at Burns Harbor. They would see the, 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 the light and they would head toward it just as I look into that backlight right now. And then I remember peeking out from underneath the front of the boat and my mom standing like this. <laughs> She's also looking at my dad, not blessing him. Uh, <laughs> and, and her eyes were peering into that light, because there's great rocks below the light, and on both sides, you not only have to find the narrow way in, there are rocks and stones that will eat you alive if you hit any of them. Well, I'm here, uh, <laughs> and I'll never forget what it was to see that light, and my mom would go, there, Jim, go straight down there. That's the way to our safety. Now, (laughs) I think that's a pretty good illustration. Uh, Before we castigate any faith system, or anything else for that matter, because it's too narrow, let's remember that we ought to be glad that some things can only be done one way. That narrowness is oftentimes a gift. Uh, We have several wonderful pilots in our church. One of them was serving communion this morning. And Mark Farrell, Uh, you know what I'm really glad of? I am really glad that when Mark's in his airplane and the ground control is telling him what course to take, that he doesn't say, yeah, I don't think so. I'll just head over here. I'll head over there. We're all very glad that pilots have learned There's only one way to fly an airplane and only one course to take, and you better take that narrow course, or you could be in great danger. I'm really glad for the doctors that worked on me this week. I'm really glad that you can't just say, I'm going to be a doctor when I grow up. (laughs) I'm really glad you've got to go to college. I'm really glad you've got to go to med school. I'm really glad that you have to pass residencies. I'm really glad there's a very narrow way in that gives you the right to try to fix human ailment. So, so let's can we can we can we believe that broadness is not always good? My way is the only way. One, one of those dear young women say. It, any way that you get to God is a way of getting to God. Well, that's one of the most narrow things I've ever heard. No, lots of things require us now. This freedom thing. The slide will say this to you: say, people everywhere just want to be free. Remember, young rascals, those of you that are my category, shouted from the mountains on out to the sea. People everywhere just got to be free. Yeah. Okay, we, it's, the hymns were better. Uh, <laughs> we want to be free. But the word is so slippery. It's so nebulous. Uh, so, so we put modifiers in front of it. And, and this helps me, actually, when people are saying, we just want to be free. Well, they might mean political freedom. I don't blame the people of Venezuela for that at all this week, do you? Freedom from governmental tyranny. That was one of the reasons our country was formed. A second form of freedom that people are after is civil and social freedom. We call it civil rights. If you haven't seen the movie yet, The Green Book, you will want to. Did you know that prior to civil rights, and even after, after, African-American people who wanted to travel in our country had the precious green book with them at all times? It spoke of the places where they were free to eat, where they were free to use the facilities, where they were free to sleep. Other places were not. And so then we have people like Dr. King and the thousands with him that cried out, there must be freedom! Yeah, it's one of the deepest of all human longings. Uh, Economic freedom. Uh, To be so strapped that you don't know where your next meal is going to come from. And you long for economic freedom 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 the longing for freedom is a good thing it fits so many areas of our lives moral freedom this is this is a good one too sometimes sometimes it's not i come out of the generation of absolute call to sexual freedom and boy has that led us down a path to hell So so our longing for freedom is given to us by God. How we seek to get that freedom is oftentimes not done real well by us. That's what I want to say. We have the longing for freedom. uh, and, And this transfers into the religious world maybe more than any other place. There's never... Stronger debates about what is free and what isn't than when it gets to the religious world. What is religious or spiritual freedom? Well, I think it's this. I think it's looking for spiritual well-being and meaning in life. I think it's to want to be freed from the slavery to the chaos and the groanings and the demands of this life and we wonder if there is a God or gods, is there a way that we can be preserved from some of the hell on earth? And so we approach the spiritual freedom side. So let's imagine that those of you that are here today exploring Christianity as one of the life paths, religiously, that uh, you're saying, well, why is it any different or any better? The first thing you got to know is there are a whole bunch of great religions. I don't mean great in the sense that I agree with them. I mean great in the sense of the influence they have. Let's just put them up there for you. We've got Christianity, Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, Confucianism, and then two newer ones that only the Western world could dream up, Religious pluralism and secular humanism. All of these are spiritual, if you will, belief systems. So if you're at the point in your life where nothing in this life has satisfied and you're starting to look into spirituality as a potential for that, then you've got to decide which spirituality should you go for. Now, I'm not one of those that says everything about all the others is all wrong. I agree, I agree with uh, C.S. Lewis, who said this, you don't have to believe that the other religions are simply wrong all through. You're free to think that all those religions, even the queerest ones, contain at least some hint of the truth. But what we're looking for is the one that is the truth. And now, even before I get to it in my slides, hear the haunting words of Jesus Christ. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes unto the Father but through me. Narrow, huh? Does it take away your freedom? In one sense, yes. It means you're saying, I'm not the master of my own destiny. By the way, how's that working out for you? And I need to say this. Religious pluralism, one of those seven that we put up there, is, I said, as a Western phenomenon, that young woman had that philosophy. It's like climbing a mountain and there are six or seven paths. Any old path will do. Well, did you know none of the religions believe that? They all believe that they are the truth. That they are the life. And, And they don't even see doctrine the same. To some of the great religions, there's one God. In some of the other world religions, there are many gods. And in some of them, there's no God at all. In some of the religions, the problem in life is desire. And if you could get rid of desire, you would enjoy peace and freedom. To another, the problem is not that. It's disobedience. And hoping that an angry God will at the end count your good versus your bad and that your good will top your bad and if there is an eternal place, you'll get there. But you never know. And then one of them says that the problem is sin and that the essence of sin is selfishness, always turning in on ourselves and we need to be ridded of the propensity And that one's Christianity. It says sin is a horrible thing. Causes us to do injustice to ourselves, to our neighbors, and to our world. But it also says this. You simply can't get rid of it by wishing it. You need help. Some of them believe that the solution is just being good enough. Another one of the world religions believes it's by being born over and over and over again. And you hopefully get a little better each time to some of them it's being forgiven and born into to a new kind of living through an inner dwelling spirit and some of them it's holding hope of being good enough to not receive the wrath of an angry god so i'm just saying this for those of any of you that may be religious pluralists any old way will do number one none of the religions think that And number two, they don't even come close to agreeing with each other. So I'd like to just kind of erase religious pluralism. Secular humanism is another one we've come up with. All that really matters is matter, and only what we can see and touch and prove is reality. So that leaves us with no God. Well, what is? What isn't? There's a story of a, a man on a boat You've all heard stories about a man in a boat. And there's a man who's in a boat. And then he falls into the water. And he's flailing about because he can't swim. And uh, Confucius appears and says, Remember this. You will profit by this experience in your life. Buddha shows up and says, You see what I've been telling you? Life is struggle. A Hindu God is there. Maybe you'll be able to swim in the next life. (laughs) A Muslim is there. I don't know if you're going to live or die. I don't know if you're going to sink or swim. It is the will of Allah. Christianity says this. Jesus... Says, take my hand. Now that's a vast difference between Christianity and world religions. All of them focus on humans trying to reach God. Christianity says God reaches to man. Thank you, brother. We don't want to throw out this freedom thing, though. It's it's, it's a longing inside us. I'm just arguing that you'll only be free when you choose that religious spiritual system which promises freedom. None of the others do. But just as Christianity is the one where God says, take my hand, I'll lift you up, Christianity is the only one that promises freedom. You say to me, Are you sure? And I say, yeah. And you say, prove it. I go, okay, I will. And by that, we then take the scriptures and we open our Bibles to John chapter 8, a wonderful passage often overlooked in the New Testament. John chapter 8. It is verses 31 through 36. 31 through 36. I shall read them to you as they are on the screen as well. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you what, church? You will know the truth, and the truth will what, church? Set you free. That's the words of Jesus Christ. He's promising a type of freedom. Let's keep going. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants. We have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Now here's what's interesting about that. He's speaking to Jewish people. Some of them are starting to believe in them. The rest are not. But when he throws out that freedom doctrine, all of the pride in them rises up as being a chosen people, and they say, we have never been slaves to anyone. Those of you who read your Bible, is that true? When we're prideful, we say all sorts of lies, right? No, they were slaves in Egypt. They were slaves under Babylon. They were slaves under Persia. They were slaves even now on this very day when Jesus is speaking, they are the oppressed people of the empire of Rome. And Jesus, he isn't even going to play that game with them. He's going to dig deeper. Watch him. Here he goes. Jesus said, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Whoa, he has introduced the problem. Remember, I said one of the world's largest religions says that the problem is sin. Which one is it? It's Christianity. It will go so far as to say, is that it is your sin that robs you of freedom. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Verse 35, now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to a family forever. Have you noticed that Jesus doesn't need to say much to say a lot? He doesn't need to say much to say a lot. And packed into that verse is what sin does to us, leads us to slavery. We hurt ourselves, others, and the world around us, and we can't get rid of it. And at the same time, he says, but a son is in the family all the time. He's talking about sonship, adoption, men and women brought into his own circle of nearness, freed from the power and the penalty of sin because of his work. And it's not that you're just saved by the skin of your chinny-chin-chin. You are made a child. Freedom. Freedom. Freedom to start to become what I've always dreamt I could be, Freedom to be released from hatred, lack of forgiveness, etc., etc. Just think of moral freedom. This week, I have to tell Marie, this was really fun. And I'm doing great on time, incidentally, which is really fun. Um, (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm feeling free. Uh, I've been reading, as part of my devotions, this wonderful book. The the greatest devotion, the greatest stories in history. And each of 365 days goes back into church history and it tells a story of something or someone that uh, something great happened on that day. And I think it was Friday of this week, might have been earlier. President William McKinley. Now you say McKinley. He was just before Teddy Roosevelt. He's also, uh, I'm related to him by blood. He married, his mom married a man, and and his mom was Nancy Allison from Scotland. We know that we trace back to that. William McKinley became a great governor and president of the United States. But before he was that, his mother, Nancy Allison, prayed like crazy he'd be a preacher. Because when he was young, he walked forward at a Methodist tent crusade and gave his life to Jesus Christ, just like I'm hoping some of you will do today. And it started changing his life inside and out. It developed his moral fiber. It gave him his convictions. It gave him his decision. See, when you receive Jesus Christ and you enter into his freedom, you get him in you through his spirit. You start thinking God thoughts more. It makes for a better man. It makes for a better woman. And McKinley was one of those. He finished his first... Um, uh, four years as president, and was re-elected. Six months after he was re-elected to his second term, he was shot and killed. Um, He's the first martyred president. He laid awake for one week. And and it says in, in the history that the first thing he did after being shot by that man is verbally to say, I forgive him. I forgive him. Do you know what kind of moral strength and freedom it takes to forgive those who have hurt you? Only Jesus can give you that kind of freedom. He's the one who said, Father, forgive them all. They know not what they've done. And so McKinley purposely forgives the man who shot him as he's dying on his deathbed. He languished for one week. Doctors were doing everything they could. And at the end of the time, the president of the United States said, gentlemen, this is enough. Thank you for your efforts. It's now time for me to be with God. And he sang his favorite hymn and passed into eternity. You see? I'm not against you exploring any of the other world religions. Secular humanism. Go after it. See how much freedom it gives you. Jesus Christ, we have freedom. Jesus Christ, we have to honestly look at ourselves and say, yes, I am a sinner. And no matter how I try not to be, I still am. And you get rid of all the crud of saying, well, I'm bad, but he's badder. All that stuff starts loosening up and flowing out of you because the spirit of the living God takes up ownership inside you and calls you to a new kind of holiness and level of life. You can't imagine a new freedom. You know, one of the freedoms is a physical freedom, and I don't know if I put it up on the screen for you. Physical freedom is especially relevant to aging people, uh, but anyone that gets hurt badly starts to feel it. You'd give almost anything to be able to breathe well again. You'd give almost anything to not have pain. And and you just kind of feel that uh, the old carcass can't contain the soul much longer. You long for that freedom. And even there, Christianity is your answer. Because Jesus says, it won't be long. I'm coming back. It won't be long. No more crying no more tears. The old things will pass away. Freedom to be perfect, freedom to be well is coming. The Christian message is free at last, free at last. Forgive me, I should never even approximate Dr. King. But those words, thank God Almighty, I am free at last. And so are you if you come to Jesus Christ. This wasn't a part of the message, but let me just ask those of you who, who know the Lord. Would you, would you do this for me? Uh, just say, I, I know and love Jesus Christ. He is my way, the truth, and the life. Would you just put your hand up and down real quick? Yeah, I, I know it would be most of us in here. That's why we'll come to church at 9 o'clock on a Sunday morning to be with our Lord and his people. For those of you who couldn't raise your hand, I think I speak for everyone in the room who did. Everything in us says, this is the way. This is where freedom is. Come to Christ. You say, well, Christ died on the cross. Yes. You can be free from guilt and free from the penalty of slavery to sin. You can be free to become his child and be adopted into his family. And you can have the freedom of knowing that your freedom is just beginning for you're going to live eternally in that land where there is no more mourning or crying or pain. You get all of that. You get freedom, freedom, freedom. But I need to say this. Your freedom was costly to him. free to us, narrow for him. There was no other way to do this than for him to die on a rugged, wooden cross, blood pouring out of his body, nails piercing his hands and his feet. For in that time, he takes upon himself the sins of all the world, Painful to Him. Freedom for you. Amen. And that's where the funnel comes in. We hear that Christianity is narrow. That there's only one way. And the reason we say that is because the boss said it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And so there's only one way in. But the promise of Christianity is when you come in through that narrow gate, through that narrow door, through, through giving your life to him, which you may do this morning, suddenly, eons and eons of freedom and openness begin to come for you. Freedom, sonship, eternal life, new way of living, it gets freer and freer and freer. That's what you're meant to enjoy forever. Conversely, this is what it was for Jesus Christ. Lord of heaven and earth, who created all things, everything was free in Him. All was in His power. Everything worked because of him. He starts with total freedom, becomes a human, squeezes himself into tininess, narrowness, narrowness, takes on the sins of the world, and it kills him. Thank God Almighty. Only for three days. And then that tomb erupts. And a ton and a half stone rolls away on its own. And the glorified, resurrected Jesus Christ steps from that tomb and says, where are my friends? I want to hang out. Christianity is the answer to your longing for freedom. We believe Christianity is the only way to truly be free. And so I want to give you the opportunity to respond to that. Again, on that card that we had for you, if you would take it out. I'm going to say a prayer in just a moment. And if you're at the point in your life when you want to receive Jesus Christ, you'll just circle that first box. Give us enough information so I can send you a letter tomorrow. Second, commit my life. Maybe you've been apart, with God, apart from God for a long time and you just want to come home. You would check that. Third, I want to learn more. And we'll, we'll get you all the information you need to be a part of an Alpha group. But here's the point, everybody. Does this express the desire of your heart? Here's the prayer I have written for you today to pray with you. Lord of freedom and love, don't pray it yet, just read it, because I want to make sure it expresses both your mind and your heart. Lord of freedom and love, free me from my sins and propensity to choose my own ways and selfish desires. Thank you for taking on my sins so that I could become free from its power. Free from its power. I receive you now, and I want to follow you my whole life. If that prayer expresses the desire of your heart, please bow and pray with me. Lord God of freedom and love, free me from my sins and propensity to choose my own ways and selfish desires. Thank you for taking on my sins so that I could become free from sin's power. I receive you now and want to follow you my whole life. I receive you now and want to follow you my whole life. Amen. If you pray that prayer with me, fill out the card, drop it in the offering plates which will be coming in just a moment. Uh, if the offering plates pass you by and you weren't done, you just hand these to one of the prayer people who will be down here in front and we'll be able to follow up with you. Let us now receive the offering of our lives for Jesus Christ.